the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. The Bruce Hooley Show originates from the PatriotSwitch.com studios. What is PatriotSwitch.com? It's a way for you to get serious about where your money is going. You want your money to fund Stonewall Union, Kaleidoscope Youth Center, GLAD, Sintero, Panorama, all these agendas that are trying to indoctrinate our kids in schools. I don't. Well, big corporations give those lobbying efforts the funds that allow them to push back against bills like House Bill 616. So stop shopping there. Shop from a privately owned American company, manufactures everything that it sells, the household goods you're already buying, toothpaste, mouthwash, coffee, on and on and on, cleaning products, vitamins, supplements. Buy it from a pro-police, pro-life, pro-military, pro-America company. They do not allow me to give you their name unless you inquire first. You do that at PatriotSwitch.com. Click my name in the How Did You Hear About Us menu. I'll give you a call, send you a text, I'll shoot you an email, we'll have a conversation about politics, about my appearance before the Columbus Metropolitan Club, whatever you want. We will talk, and we will get to be friends, and we will unite our shopping dollars behind a good old-fashioned American company that's been in business for well over 30 years. Okay, so, first two segments of the show, I played you the snippets from the early portion of yesterday's Metropolitan Club luncheon about House Bill 616. I want to say again how... Honored I was to be asked. I really do appreciate the Metropolitan Club's mission to have a conversation about this. Because, look, the viewpoints that I put forward and that Troy McIntosh of Center for Christian Virtue put forward are, I guarantee you, viewpoints that the people in that room are not going to hear anywhere else. They're not tuning in this show. They're not going to CCV's website. They're getting uh, indoctrinated by the Ohio Education Association, by the dispatch. And this is, in fact, the point in the program where I was given an opening to demonstrate how one-sided the dispatch's coverage has been of this issue. I felt like uh, they didn't take it well, and there was a table of dispatch people right down in front of me, none of whom, none of whom, zero zip nada, had the guts to come up to me afterward and challenge me on anything because they knew flat out that I was 100% right catching them in their duplicity. Okay, so uh, Bruce, this is actually the question that you referenced earlier. So one of the debates in Florida that we've been hearing about is the difference between conversation and instruction. And so the Florida bill sponsor, his name is Joe Harding, and he said having a conversation about gay parents wouldn't qualify as instruction, and the same would be true for an essay or a family tree that hangs on the classroom wall. And I wanted to see if that's your interpretation of 616, that these kinds of conversations would be allowed to continue. Yeah, it's absolutely. In reading the bill, the bill is very clear that it's instruction materials, books, things, worksheets, things like that. And it goes back to what Troy said earlier 
about we just don't want the state taking a position of advocating for one thing versus another. So uh, it is not in the bill that you can't answer a question. I know in one of the, let's see, I counted them up the other day. Since the introduction of House Bill 616 on April the 5th, the Columbus Dispatch has written at least nine, I have copies of them with me, nine news stories, all critical of House Bill 616. They have also written nine editorials. They have enlisted everyone on their staff who writes an opinion piece. They enlisted the head of the American Federation of Teachers to write an opinion piece. They even went to Dayton, Ohio, and located a transgender hairstylist to write a piece in opposition to House Bill 616. But curiously, the dispatch has not been able to find in all of central Ohio one advocate for House Bill 616 to write a piece extolling the need for House Bill 616. So I don't know about you guys, but when I'm only given one side of the story, I get suspicious. I wonder when people lie to me, why are they lying to me? And a lot of times people think, well, they're lying to you to inspire fear, which is what Mr. DeMario said, or they're lying to scare you. But basically the reason why people lie to you is always the same reason. No one lies to you if they have truth on their side because you would always rather win an argument with truth than with lies. But if you don't have truth on your side, if the bill says instruction materials, curriculum, clearly stated, and you like to fundraise off the alarmist rhetoric that all these organizations are spewing about House Bill 616, well, then it's not really a lawyer's dream. It's a fundraising dream for all the agendas that are represented here, except for from Troy and myself. Hmm, yes, you're busted, dispatch, but Anna Staver not taking that one lying down. Just a real quick clarification. So I'm the legislative reporter who covers this, but I am technically not a dispatch employee. I am a USA Today Gannett, Ohio employee, which means I write for our 21 papers. Um, But I've only written two articles on this, and uh, Aaron Baer, who uh, works with Troy, has been featured in both, but... Okay, I get it. Nobody likes to look like they're biased, but Anna, come on. Like, I don't know if you don't know my background. I don't know if you didn't talk to any of your colleagues at the dispatch or any of the people sitting down at the table in front of me who know that if you back me into a corner or you challenge my facts, I come armed with facts and you are offering a straw man defense. Oh, I only wrote two and I talked to Aaron Bear. That was not what I said. That was not what I said. As I clearly pointed out, has um, he written? Has he written his own standalone editorial? Like I have the, no control over the editorial board of the Dispatch. Do you dispute my statement that there have been nine editorials written in opposition to House Bill Six Sixteen in the Dispatch, but no advocate for House Bill Six Sixteen has been given the space either on your website or in your newspaper? to write a standalone piece advocating for House Bill 616. Again, I don't work for the dispatch, but um, I, uh, I do not know what, our edi- what their editorial page editor, Amelia Robinson, has been offered. I don't know if she's reached out to the bill sponsors. I do know they won't talk to any reporter about it. I don't know if they would write an editorial piece. 
I don't know if they've reached out to Aaron or Troy. I can't say who's been offered and who's declined. Does it seem to you odd as a graduate uh, or a professional <laughs> in journalism that every single story that's published in the Columbus Dispatch would take one position on the issue rather than present a countervailing view? It may just be because nobody has offered to write it, but we need to move on. Okay, so this is a super lame defense from Anna Staver because she has no other defense. Uh, I don't work for the dispatch. Well, sure you do. Your byline appears in the newspaper. Don't give me that garbage. You're billed as a dispatch reporter on this very panel. Did you uh, did you go up to Jane Scott, the head of the Columbus Metropolitan Club, and say, hey, hey, you're going to have to change my name tag. I don't work for the Columbus dispatch. And she would not address the point that the people who are getting to write editorial after editorial after editorial, I could say it nine times and probably more for a few that I missed, all take the same view of an issue. Remember journalism, Anna? Remember journalism, Daryl Rowland? Remember journalism, Amelia Robinson and all you editorial eggheads over there who are disguised as journalists but are filling wokester roles and activist roles? Yeah, I remember it. Fair, balanced, both sides of an issue. I'm not going to let you skate on how agenda-driven your coverage has been of House Bill 616. And I need not stop it at House Bill 616. Your coverage of everything is slanted. Oh, opponents call it the don't say gay bill. So we can call it the don't say gay bill. I held off. I held off. But I had a really good example on the whole opponents say thing. What do people in Columbus derisively call the Columbus Dispatch. Do they not call it the Columbus Disgrace? Yes, they do, because it is. So, since opponents say it's the Columbus Disgrace, maybe to be consistent and in the interests of accuracy and to be consistent with opponents getting to name things like they do the Don't Say Gay Bill, maybe once, twice a week, I don't know how many times the newspaper prints, hopefully not much longer, uh, it, the masthead should say Columbus disgrace. What a what a what a lame defense. In fact, it would have to get about ten times better to actually qualify as a lame defense. Oh, I don't work there. I don't know how the decisions are made. I don't have anything to do with it. I held out hope when I met Anna Staver and some of the people on this panel that uh, they'd have more brain cells to rub together than I actually thought. That's true of Denzel Porteous. He's a nice, courteous man. We disagree, but he's a nice, courteous, professional man. The woman from Equality, Ohio, whoo, whoo, very angry, very nasty. And Anna Staver, um, well, just way, way over her skis. Okay, back on the Bruce Hooley Show, final segment, 11 o'clock hour, a couple final sound bites from yesterday's Columbus Metropolitan Club luncheon on House Bill 616. This bill, House Bill 616, says if you teach divisive concepts, critical race theory, 1619 project, intersectionality, you're inherently oppressed or an oppressor, you know, all the nonsense that Ibram X. Kennedy's of the world spout, or if you try to indoctrinate in curriculum or instructional materials Anything about gender ideology and sexual orientation to kindergarten, first, second, and third grade. Then you could get reported and you could be called before the State Board of Education to defend what you did. Here's Scott DeMauro, Ohio Education Association, talking about the chilling effect of such a penalty. I don't want to do something that will be construed by someone 
as violating the law, offending someone. No problem. Teach reading, writing, and arithmetic, not reading, writing, and racism. Here's more from Scott DeMauro. All of this is a distraction. This is, this is all uh, taking attention away from what educators really want to be talking about, which is how do we ensure that we have the resources necessary to give every single one of our students, regardless of their race, regardless of their income level, regardless of their gender, regardless of who they are, where they come from, the opportunity to succeed. Oh, you got to give it to the man. He's good. He's smooth. Did you catch it? Did you catch what he said they need? How do we ensure that we have the resources necessary? Yes. How do we ensure we have the resources, Cash, to do what's necessary? Yes, the schools need more money, more money, ladies and gentlemen. They do not have enough money. So I addressed Mr. DeMauro's point, but before I did, I wanted to make sure that the audience knew that there is one item on which I agree with him staunchly. First of all, I want to say I agree with Scott totally, that I think it is reprehensible that Representatives Loichek and Schmidt have not taken a frontline position to speak about a bill that they sponsored. I think they should absolutely positively do that. And if you don't have the will to do that, you shouldn't sponsor the bill. Secondly, I take issue with his point that teachers around the state of Ohio, uh, some of whom are Christian teachers, some of whom oppose teaching kids young as kindergarten, first, second, and third grade, which are the only kids addressed in terms of keeping them from being taught these materials in curriculum. Teachers are made to sit in developmental seminars all the time. Hilliard Davidson teachers sat in a, in a developmental seminar recently where a representative named Amanda from Kaleidoscope Youth Center was explaining gender and the differences in the genders. And, and her exact quote was, I know you as adults may not understand this, but believe me, 12-year-olds understand it perfectly. Well, trust me, as a parent of a 12-year-old, I thought I'd check and I asked her if that was true, and she said, Dad, trust me, we don't understand anything about this. In particular, boys don't understand anything about it. So they're not given the choice to sit out these developmental seminars, and we are in the midst of Gay Pride Month, and a lot of you are business people. I'm just curious. You don't have to raise your hands, but I'm curious how many of you feel under pressure at your work to include a rainbow emblem or your pronouns on your emails, and if you were given the choice not to do that, you would choose not to do that. Well, you can only make so much sense for so long because when I made that point, that woke up Endora from the uh, Equality Ohio Project. And, uh, well, she didn't care for me dredging up Amanda's unfortunate statement to the Hilliard-Davidson teachers. I wanted to respond to the allegations made against Kaleidoscope Youth Center because that also came up in sponsor testimony yesterday. So let's talk about what Kaleidoscope Youth Center is. It's a drop-in center for homeless youth. Okay, I don't care what Kaleidoscope Youth Center is. It's immaterial what it is. Amanda, representing Kaleidoscope Youth Center, said to a group of Hilliard-Davidson teachers that they can't possibly understand gender, but that 12-year-olds understand it perfectly. Is that accurate or is it not accurate? Again, this is not even the first time that this specific conversation has been referenced. We want to talk about raising money off of villainizing other people. How about taking someone at, who works at a drop-in center, plucking out one sentence, and then running it around the whole nation, hoping that it catches fire. Yeah, we did. We will, because it's a stupid statement. The 12-year-olds understand it perfectly, and that adults with master's degrees and PhDs who have authority to teach kids don't understand gender. She said it. You know she said it. 
and it paints your movement as what your movement is, completely unhinged mentally. So again, you challenge me on facts, you better be right, because I come armed with my facts, and I'm going to make you prove I'm wrong. So I just asked her a simple question. Do you dispute that I repeated her comments to you accurately? I don't know. I wasn't there. So you're objecting to my retelling of a person from Kaleidoscope Youth Center saying something stupid that paints your movement as radical and agenda-driven as it is, and you're coming off like she didn't say it or that it was taken out of context, and when I question you on that, you weren't even there. Well, let me do you a favor, ma'am. Let me play the comment for you so you can hear it for yourself. Here she is, Amanda from Kaleidoscope Youth Center, Developmental Seminar, Hilliard Davidson High School Teachers. Is it really gender that's the issue? Or is it this challenging idea that, like, I'm telling you that 12-year-olds have this figured out? Right? And that we have a responsibility to trust young people when they tell us what their experiences are and they tell us, you know, what their identities are. So there you go. Public service, me to you, Equality Ohio, there is, in her own words, Amanda, Kaleidoscope Youth Center, to Hilliard Davidson teachers, exposing the illogic and wokeness of the left. Twelve-year-olds have it all figured out. Not you with a bachelor's degree, not you with a master's degree, not you with a Ph.D. if you're the superintendent, but the twelve-year-olds, the twelve-year-olds have everything about sex all figured out. So to wrap this up, we were asked a question about what we hoped that those on the opposite side of House Bill 616 would realize about the issue or about our position with the issue. Go right ahead. Uh, what I would hope the other side would understand is that parents want to protect their children and they want the right to raise their children the way they want. And there are some concepts that are appropriate for home and there are some that are appropriate for school. I read recently in the dispatch that the uh, number of children third grade level who do not attain state reading levels is 39%. 39%. Mr. DeMauro asked for more resources. I would ask what they're doing with the resources they have. So I think there are things in grades K, 1, 2, and 3 that are more important than talking about sex and gender ideology when 39% of the kids can't read at state level. And I think we were all emotionally torn a week ago today when we looked into a collage of pictures of those little children in Uvalde who died in the shooting. We have to protect the innocence of our kids. And I heard so often in the aftermath of that, this didn't happen when I was a kid. Well, this is a very different America than when we were kids. And kids are, because of these and other things fed lots of concepts they're not capable of understanding. We've had a lot read from this bill today. One of the standards in this bill that is often mentioned is age appropriateness. And age appropriateness does not or should not allow for sex and gender ideology and the fact that America was founded to be a racist country to be taught to kids who are K, 1, 2, and 3rd grade. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.